up close with Carlos Sang, celebrating art, entertainment and the human spirit. Welcome to another episode of Up Close with Carlos Sang. I am so excited to be introducing my next guest. They are one of the most exciting newcomers onto the musical theatre scene. Uh, they have made their professional debut in not one, but two major productions at Suffolk Playhouse earlier this year. Uh, I am absolutely delighted to be introducing Jordan Roach to the podcast. Uh, thank you so much for joining us. For having me. Hello. <laughs> Yeah, thank you so much for joining us today. Um, I yeah, I've I've been really looking forward to meeting you, and yeah, I I kind of really wanted to start from the beginning because I feel like I didn't really know that much about you. So um, yeah, what was your first experience of seeing a live show in the theatre, and what sort of impact did that have on you? Um, I to, it's quite bad. I can't remember the first show I ever saw, but um, my mum, who's like my biggest supporter, like she's absolutely amazing. She would always take me to the theatre when I was a kid. The first memory I have of seeing a show actually was seeing Cats when it was on in the West End. And um, when the cats like come out on, uh, like into the audience, I just burst into tears because I was like, there's this massive cat, I'm terrified. That's the first memory I have. But yeah, my mum's always been really, really supportive. And um, when I was, must have been 11, I, I was one of the workhouse kids in Oliver um, when it was on at Drury Lane. So that was like my first taste of like doing professional stuff when I was younger. And I was just absolutely hooked on it. Like I had the best time. It meant I could leave school early. When there was a matinee, I could have the day off. And I was like, yes, no more English language for me today. It was it was really fun. But yeah, I've I started off when I was a kid. So I've got so many, so many like stories. When I was a kid in primary school, we did Jack and the Beanstalk and I got to play the infamous eagle. I never knew there was an eagle in Jack and the Beanstalk, but here we go. And um I like made it super camp, super dramatic. And like all everyone else in my class was laughing and I was like, oh, I've made people laugh. This is great. This is what I want to do. Yeah. And so from then I kept pestering my mum being like, please let me do like classes. And um, then ended up just going with the flow. Yeah. <laughs> oh, amazing. So like, you know, growing up, did you have quite like an artistic family, you know, where your family was like, really interested in like music and theatre or? Not, so none, none of my family perform or like sing or anything like that. But yeah, they've never had anything really to do with it. My mum's just been a big fan of musicals. Uh, the rest of my family, not so much. It's um, mainly been my mum. And like, that was our like thing where we'd go off to see shows and uh, do lots of fun stuff like that. And um, yeah, she was always just super supportive of it. So it kind of al- allowed me to do it more. But yeah, if, if it wasn't for my mum, although she's got nothing to do with it and she doesn't really understand how it like the industry works or... She, she's getting better with understanding it because I obviously tell her all about it and stuff. But yeah, if, if it wasn't for her, I, yeah, I probably wouldn't be doing it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, you've worked, you know, for the best part of a decade now, you know, on like various projects. Um, you know, did you have like an idea of like what sort of an actor you wanted to become? A big thing for me, and it's something I've like held on to a lot of the way through, because like, initially I started off just wanting to be like an actor. That's what I wanted to do. Th- this was when I was much younger. And um, I wanted to get into like singing and stuff as well. But my teachers, um, like the music teachers at my primary school were like, no, you can't sing, can't do it. And then in my final year, they were like, oh, you can sing, okay. And then it kind of blossomed from there. And I was like, oh, I I kept basically fluttering between whether I wanted to like 
just act or just sing or do both. And a big thing from that is like, I just, I just want to do what makes me happy. And so in order to work out what makes me happy, I want to try everything. So whether that's TV and film, straight plays, musical theatre, radio work, um, like I've been doing bits of radio work and that's been super fun. And that's something I never, ever thought I would ever want to or be able to get into. Um, yeah, and like it, it goes for more. Like I'd love to do like pantos, kids shows, or a, a magic show. Why not? Like just try all these different things and see what makes me happiest. Yeah, I, I want to try everything. Yeah, I mean, I was really dazzled by your portrayal of Hapgood and Anyone Can Whistle earlier this year. Um, you know, it really, the whole show really like tickled a side of me that really made me smile. <laughs> um, yeah, how did you go about, you know, preparing to play such a vivid and rather crazy character? So, I mean, initially, like, um, I was shocked that I even was, because I didn't know the direction it was going in initially. I was like, I'm being seen for this character. I never, ever thought I would, because, like, listening to the initial soundtracks um, and, like, the the original cast of it and stuff, it seemed like Hapgood was always played by a much older actor. And I remember the first time I listened to Everybody Says Don't, just, like, it popped up on Spotify, and I was like, this song is banging. I would love to be able to sing it, but it's not my casting right now. And so I was like, I can't do it. And then lo and behold, like a year later, I get an audition for it and then end up getting to do it. And I was like, oh, wow, okay. A big thing it taught me just from being able to be seen for it was that you can do anything. Don't let like age or gender hold hold you back because I never thought I'd be able to play that role. So going into it, I just, um, I kind of went, I'm gonna do, I'm just gonna do me. And I was like, I'm just gonna make it as crazy and funky as I like, because I don't sound like the cast recordings of this song before. I don't sound like the character. I don't fit those things. So I might as well just go in and do me. And it, it worked. <laughs> Unfortunately, like then I was able to um, add more flavor to it because of how supportive the creatives were in letting me do that. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I remember talking to uh, Alex Young just after the show had yeah. opened and she, you know, described you as being, you know, really lovely and wonderful to work with. Um, how <laughs> would you, how would you describe the experience of working with Alex Young? She's amazing. She's amazing. I, so, sorry, I've got so many, like, stories of how, like, things link and all that stuff. So I, I went to South Pacific at just a festival and when she was in it, I had, I'd heard of her before but hadn't seen her in anything. And I went to see it with my mum again and I was just blown away. And I, I said to my mum after the show, I was like, I don't care what I do. I just want to work with Alex at some point. At some point in my career, I want to work with her because she's phenomenal. And then getting to work with her for my first job, I was just blown away. She is so lovely. She is so talented. You learn so much from her. I haven't told her this, but I literally had like pages of notes full of just what I'd learned from her about like, exploring going for it and all that stuff and um yeah she, she's amazing I feel very very blessed to have worked with her and and for her to be my friend uh, um that's even better like yeah yeah she's yeah, she's absolutely gorgeous I loved watching her yeah. um, play Cora as well um yeah the show you know had such a great reception as well I remember um you know and the show has had such a mixed history and I felt like you know, this production kind of like you know fixed some of those like earlier issues um why did you feel like you know this show felt particularly relevant you know in 2022? I think a lot of the show the interrogation song the um simple simple song I think a lot of that highlights 
a lot of things that are very current in the sense of the final bit of the simple song where Hapgood is interrogating Shub and has worked through everyone else in the town and like shown their crazy side, even though what is crazy, they're not necessarily crazy. It's just everyone is themselves and like highlights how Shub is just like everybody else um, because most of his money goes to the government, government bombs and all that stuff in the show. And I think a lot of it, a big thing, especially with like our government at the moment is like, our government is crazy. And like, you you, you, you just go onto the um, news or like, you know, scroll through Twitter and you're like, really? That's going on right now. And it's interesting because then obviously like with the show, it's like the people in power are more crazy than the people not. And mm-hmm. so it's like, everyone's just as crazy as each other. Although people put themselves in these hierarchies and all that stuff, it's very interesting. And I think highlighted a lot of that and I think with how things are going at the moment and the show because of like Alex, Danny, Sam and Renan's like amazing performances highlighting the stupidity the stupidity of the characters but them not realizing what they're doing stupid and like the whole farce of it yeah I I think it it's going to be relevant for a very long time, I think. <laughs> I don't know if that's good, but I think it will be. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Um, I also wanted to ask you about working with Georgie Rankham, uh, who obviously is a very up-and-coming director at the moment. Uh, what was it like in getting to work together on creating this new interpretation of a classic Sondheim work? It, it was amazing. They wanted everyone to just play with it. And a big thing was that they wanted... They didn't want to... Um, put too much of like you do this you move on that point and all this with the show a big thing um is they wanted us to just explore and kind of work out what we could find with it and bring that ownness into it and they really they were so good at allowing us to do that but in such a safe space and a great thing as well is they would always just have discussions with us like because me and Christine did so many scenes together they would always be there, um, like we, we'd have a big chat beforehand about what we felt was going on and have like a big discussion. And they were always very much asking us how we felt or how we were doing or like what we thought worked for our character. And so it was so, so lovely. Like, I mean, the team as well being such a queer and diverse team and getting to work with a non-binary director and like someone who was very open to all the things like all, all the different things everyone had to say in the room was amazing. And uh, one of the first conversations me and Georgie had were about Hapgood's uh, sexuality and gender. And we kind of just came, like, it, it was really lovely because we, we both saw Hapgood as being non-binary, but we both also saw them as being like a blob and just kind of like a blob floating about doing their thing. And like, it was so lovely, especially for my first professional gig since graduating, to be in a space where I felt like so listened to and so appreciated in that sense. Like my word meant a lot. And that's something I always was a bit like, oh no, I, w- when I was training, I was always like, oh no, I, I don't know whether I can say that or do that. And to be in a space where I was praised for giving more was just lovely and like has really helped me grow and develop. Yeah, they're amazing. That was such a long-winded way, but they're amazing. <laughs> yeah, um, you mentioned as well earlier that um, Hapgood is, you know, traditionally played by, you know, this, like, older actor. Yeah. Um, you know, is this a character that you would want to revisit in, you know, 10, 15 years' time? I would love to. Also to see what different with them, 
because if the show was done in like 10 or 15 years and um, what's going on in our world, like what's going on and um, seeing the different ways, the different things that can be done in the show in order to portray that and make satire of it, I, I think be really cool. And, and because like, I'm still so young, like I, I, I mean, I know it goes for everybody, but I have no idea what I'm doing. So <laughs> it'd be really nice to then have, you know, like that extra 10, 15 years of experience and bring that into the character and see what differences there are, even if, because there, there could be none, but there could be loads. Like there's just no way of knowing. Yeah, it's, it'd be cool. <laughs> yeah, uh, you've also been really open about uh, your non-binary identity as well. Um, you know, do you think like this has given you like an advantage being able to play both traditionally male and female characters? Or do you feel like this is potentially a setback, you know, given that there's not many non-binary characters in theatre? Well, I think a, a big thing I've been taught like I've heard a lot, especially uh, the people I've been working with on Lift and Whistle, and also like a big thing I took with myself at RAM was you you want to do work that makes you happy because like the whole reason we do this profession is because we love it and we enjoy it. And so what I'm trying to say is, although I might not get seen for certain stuff because of how I identify, I want to do those projects anyway because those people wouldn't accept me for who I am or wouldn't praise it. I guess what I'm trying to say is it's not as simple as being like, because of how I identify, I want to be able to do everything. Like I would love to be, like one of my dream roles is to be Queen in the Wild Party. I think she's a phenomenal part. I would also love to be like the first non-binary Fiero because that would be amazing. Why does, why does Fiero have to be this man? They don't. The whole point in theatre is to challenge these things and see what can be done. And so although I might not get seen for things or people don't want to see me for things, a big thing is, is A, I just might not be right for it, but also would I want to work for those people anyway? Because they don't appreciate me for who I am. They just see like, oh, they identify this way. No. And obviously some things, there's no other way of doing it. Like I fully get that. But I think on a long-winded way, sorry, I'm so long-winded, is okay. um, <laughs> if some things I probably would have been seen for when I identified as just a gay man, and now that I now wouldn't be seen for because of how I identify now. And a big thing is, is would I want to work for those people that would stop me from being seen for things now because they're, again, limiting representation. Mm. And so although there's like a metaphor for it, but I can't think of what it is. Um, <laughs> I just think it's like being so open about who I am allows me to be seen for the things I want to be seen for and work with the teams I want to work with. And I know who will appreciate me for who I am. And I, I think that's a more healthy environment to be in. Mm. Yeah, I think it's, it's just healthier. <laughs> yeah, it's definitely interesting to hear you say that. Um, obviously, it's been heavily discussed, um, the issue of diversity and representation in the theatre and in the arts more broadly. Um, where would you say we are now in this current climate in this regard? I mean, it, it's so tricky to say, like, you can have something like Anyone Can Whistle, which is so diverse and like everyone was so unique and came from such different backgrounds. And then you can have other shows which re really aren't, but they're both taking place in the same time. So it's, it's hard to say. I think it's definitely getting better because it's like baby steps of like with Whistle, like Youth Nation, Legally Blonde, like these shows ch chiseling away and like, 
showing that oh that, like how how diverse castings can be we're getting there but at the same time it needs to have takes a lot of time and it's annoying but we're getting there yeah, yeah uh, and um i know a lot of my peers as well you know would personally say that you know the theater can still appear elitist and it's not always entirely accessible oh, to, like, yeah a hundred um what would you say could be done to you know make um theater seem more appealing to young people in particular i think i mean one one good thing that i think is happening now is like shows telling younger people stories like you've got like i st i need to see it still but like millennials you've got like heathers and stuff like that as well like be more chill like shows that relate to like a younger audience because they take place where those younger audiences are like at a high school or like all, all that kind of stuff i mean social media plays such a big part into it and i think a, a big thing is like like everyone loves like immersive shows at the moment like cabaret phenomenal and so i think a big thing is using social media and the internet and all that stuff in order to get get younger people in but also in order to make them like make them part of the show whatever that means obviously now we're out of the pandemic people can now see live shows but i think when there was um like rent going on and that was shown live i think stuff like that i know it might not be the same as live theater in the sense of being in the room but at least that allows for like cheaper ticket prices and all that stuff which can help to some degree i think it's really really difficult because stuff has to cost money because everyone's got to make a living like it, it's got to be done but i think there's certain ways of being able to incorporate the audience into it more or having some more immersion in it whether that be like you know thinking off the top of my head this is a terrible idea but if you had um like at heathers i i again terrible but if you had like because there's the three heathers and then there's veronica and there's like yellow green red blue but like you could have badges or something or like um you know like hogwarts houses you could have um like which heather are you do you know what i mean like stuff like that which i guess is kind of done with like filters on insta but i think a lot of that is making making your audience feel like they're part of it and part of the community i think that's a big big thing yeah, definitely. At least from my perspective. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Um, what what has surprised you the most about working in this industry? What surprised me? I think a big thing for me is how much I've I've been very very blessed with the things I've been able to do so far. Like I really do feel so so blessed that I've gotten the opportunities I've had. I think a big thing for me is that that surprised me the most is how much I've been able to be myself. I think a huge thing for me. I always thought like, I have to fit this box. I have to do this. I might feel this way, but I have to dress a certain way for an audition in order to appear less less queer or like, oh, I have to do this. I have to do that. A big thing for me is like, no, go in and be yourself or like do your own thing. And like me, me and Kaylee, Kaylee McKnight, um, when we were on Lyft, uh, we're talking about this. And a big piece of advice she gave me was just like to be myself. I'd realized I'd been doing it because of, being around such supportive people, I was terrified of ever wearing crop tops. I was like, I can't wear a crop top. That'll be horrible, not a good vibe. Shane from Whistle, they looked phenomenal in a crop top, like looked amazing. And so I was like, okay, I'm, I'm gonna buy a crop top. And so then, you know, go and get one. And then they're complimenting me and everyone's so, so lovely. And I was like, but Shane, you inspired me to be myself and do that. And it's like, and then they're like, oh my God, that's amazing. And then everyone, and then Georgie's wearing a crop top and we're all like, inspiring each other to embrace ourselves 
yeah, a big thing is to just be yourself. Then it's it's surprising because it seems like the most obvious thing to do. But work, working in the industry has shown me that people will like you for being yourself because you're being you. And also it means you can give the most truthful and honest performance because you're not hiding behind anything. You're going out and doing your job and there's none of that stress of like, oh, I've got to do this to appear in a certain way that the audience will like. It's like, no, this is how, who the character is. Just do that. You're fine. It's a big thing I've learned. <laughs> Still takes time though. <laughs> of course. Um, yeah, I got to see Lyft as well earlier this year and um, I noticed like how different it was to Anyone Can Whistle. Um, what was it yeah, that just drew a bit. you? Yeah, yeah I mean, what was it that drew you to that production? With Lyft, um, the thing that drew me towards it is like, I, I listened to the cast recording album and all that stuff and was like, this is great, this is funky, this is cool. I went to Ram with Sam, who was the MD for it. And um, me and Sam had like worked on stuff at Ram before and like knew each other really well. And um, so when I got offered to play it, I had full faith that it was gonna be a really funky, cool production. A, because I know Sam, I know how jazzy their melodies can be and how much like funk they can put into stuff. Like listening to their like acoustic versions of stuff, like their piano arrangements on Insta, I'm like, you're just amazing. And then I'd seen lots of stuff Dina done before. So I knew Dean quite well. Weirdly, I'd met Annie, who was the choreographer, two days before I started Whistle. And like, we got on so, so well. And we're like, this is such good vibes. So like, I knew the creative team were gonna be like spicy. Like they were gonna be banging. So I was like, I've got to do it because they're really cool. And um, when I found out like the role was gonna be like an AI robot, I was like, well, that's banging because that's, that's not, a boy or a girl that that's not male or female i was just thinking how lucky i was because i was like i got to play a non-binary character in the sundime show and now i get to play a robot and i'm like that's that's so cool i was like that's so so cool and yeah and then the first day of rehearsals when like we saw the costume design and like what the set was gonna be we we're all just there like this is so funky and the cast were amazing phenomenal they're, they're the loveliest people and i felt it was very special because mm. of how how well we got all got on and how lovely everyone was and how funky it was like neon tubes are sick so I was yeah. like that's cool <laughs> yeah it was a really wonderful cast I think it was the first time I saw Chrissy Beamer in the show before and you know her career is kind of now like taken off yeah um, yeah um she was one yeah she's really wonderful um how um you know working with so many you know, other graduates you know were you sort of like you know aware of each other's work before you know what did you like have that awareness going into the show of, like so, who you've been working with not so no we we didn't know we we did the photo shoot um three weeks before we started rehearsals it was when we went into tech for whistle but um i i didn't know i knew like kaylee and heba like uh, not I didn't know them personally but like I'd heard of them and was like oh my god Kaylee and Heber I was like this is amazing um and like getting to work with them I was like this is so cool and then around everyone else like I'd I didn't know anyone before and I hadn't met anyone during the audition process so I I hadn't got to know people weirdly me and Tam have like loads and loads of mutual friends and like I didn't realize this but I'm really good friends with one of her friends from back home and they would tell me constantly like, oh yeah, my friend Tam, like she's amazing. And I'd be like, oh, that's cool. And then when we did the photo shoot day, I was like, Tam. And it was like, we'd heard of and kind of knew each other and never ever met and had never put like names to faces. I hadn't met anyone else before. 
but they're all like they're all super lovely and I think because me and me and Marco had graduated in August and then Chrissy, Tam and Cameron were all still at their schools but had like had time off to do the show and so I think a lovely thing about it was because we we were all at such different stages of our career of then not even graduating yet me and Marco being really recent graduates and then everyone else having worked for a while beforehand Kaylee and Heber are such fountains of knowledge and they were so so supportive and like lovely in how we all um, learn how to do things and all that and because I was doubling up on uh, whistle and lift the um, like help that Kaylee and Heber gave me on like how to pace myself like what to do in order to get through it was really lovely and with Alex Alex Young as well if, if it wasn't for those three I probably would have like burnt myself out because I, I, I wouldn't have known what like how to pace but yeah they were it was really lovely and getting to work with Chrissy, Tam and Cameron was just great they're such lovely people they're so nice yeah that sounds really wonderful um yeah Suffolk Playhouse you know it's such a great like launch pad for you know people's careers um what was it like you know working in Suffolk on those two uh productions and are there any other theatres which you'd like to work at in the future so working at the Suffolk Playhouse was really lovely I saw Dogfight um which Dean had directed and um I'd always thought Suffolk Playhouse was like a really funky cool place and I mean, like, it's opposite a massive food market. Like, that's banging. Um, I was like, that's cool. It's like a really funky, like, kind of alternative place where, like, the stuff put on there was a bit different, a bit more quirky and had, a, like, a bit more edge to it. It's kind of like Charing Cross Theatre does, um, what, like, the stuff that typically goes there. And um, so I thought, when I found out I was doing, like, Whistle and Lift were going to be that, I was like, both of these projects are going to be, like, really funky like really really edgy but in the sense of like no we're gonna have a bit of fun like pink confetti and like it being super super camping um whistle or like having like bad boy um umbrellas and lift and being like Kaylee belting for a life and us being like yeah umbrellas let's go for it so with other venues I'd really like to work at one of my dream dream venues to perform at is the other palace I did parade there with NYMT and a show that I'm like a huge fan of is Eugenius. And I saw it at the other palace like five times. I, I love, loved Eugenius. And so I was like, I really want to do a show there. Like if I got to do a, a like a professional gig at other palace, I'd be like chuffed. Then I'd love to do something at the Palladium. Mm -hmm. I just think like that'd be super, super cool. Like because of how big it is. All, all I have to be is like one person walking across the stage, pretending to walk a dog. As long as I can then like look up and be like, whoa, I'm happy. <laughs> but I, I'd say the other palace is like my venue I would love to do stuff at. Everywhere else I'm like, I'd obviously love to work at too because it'd just be cool. It'd be really cool to work anywhere. Yeah, I totally agree. The other palace is a gorgeous, gorgeous venue. Um, and yeah, it's been a fascinating interview. Um, just as a last question, uh, how would you finish this sentence? Jordan Broach is... Camp. I'd say camp. <laughs> camp, yeah, camp. And hungry, because I'm always hungry. <laughs> Jordan Birch, thank you so much for joining us today. No, thanks for having me. I hope I didn't go on too many tangents. <laughs>